Welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson. Lawson, good morning to good you. Good morning, Hey, Danuta. we have been blessed with some rain. Oi, it isn't has it been good? so, so good, at least for the garden and everything. But for it the... wasn't good for you this morning, oh, was it? Danuta, Danuta, I became a man What happened? Morning. I became a man this morning. I learned how to suffer this morning. <laughs> I... I rode cycling faith, you mean? So I've been cycling to work every morning, and it's almost so. Yeah, my watch gives me a different reading every time, but it's it's almost forty kilometers here. That that's that's I what think I you're do. Adding now. on the kilometers nah, each day, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's almost forty kilometers here. One time it was forty-two, the other time it was thirty-seven. Oh, There's right, times right. where I've started it earlier and lady later and and whatnot, okay. like with my watch, but. It, let's I'll let let's put it in the middle. Let's say let's say it's well Google according to Google Maps is thirty eight. Oh, okay. there you go, it's close. Google Maps says thirty eight. I cycled here this morning in the pouring rain, wow. and it was it was just a lesson in suffering. Man. Oh. I was spinning my legs, and I think the difficult thing about riding in the pouring rain is like everything is heavier because you're so soaked. That's and it's, it. And especially for me, I don't have like. All the like full all cycle kit. Yes. Okay. Like I have a bunch of cycle kit, but not like I don't have shoe covers. So like my shoes just got full of water and stuff like that. And I'm just cycling and cycling and, and I'm just feeling the hurt. I'm feeling the pain. I'm like, oh, I just got, I just got to keep going. I just keep looking forward, keep running the keep race. Keep running in faith, the race in you faith. Know, That's like, it. because, because I can't get here late. You know, I, no. we've got responsibilities. And so, so you arrived here soaked, didn't you? I, really? I, all of my stuff is currently hanging over a chair with a heater blowing on it like yeah, yeah. but um it, you know <laughs> praise god like jesus looking under jesus the author and perfecter of our faith That's you know it. for Keeps consider the suffering he went through and <laughs> and and yeah i just kept thinking i'm like look once i get to the studio i can sit down coming up on our show today we have jeremy dixon on multitasking and simple things to speed up your cooking mm. in the news segment we're looking at rescue story and we're also going to the u.s today and in our bible study time we're looking at ephesians in the heart and of course looking at an overview of a Ephesians 4 today. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey Lawson, what is our first quiz question for today? The text number that you've got to get ready is 0491 is the number. Text us in your answers. Take it away, please, Lawson. So our first quiz question for today. In Deuteronomy 22, what three animals are mentioned that should be returned if they are wandering? Okay, so there's, if there's these animals, so this is a multiple choice. I'll let you, yeah, I'll give yeah. you some options, but these animals say, you know, you're out in the field and you see these animals wandering around or, in a, you know, by the highways or the byways. And you're like, whoa, what are these things doing out here? What animals should be returned? Is it the sheep, the donkey and the ox? That's A. B, the cow, the goat and the horse. C, the turtle, the donkey and the bull. Or D, the muskrat, the mule. And the monkey. So, hey, let us know. Is it A, the sheep, the donkey, and the ox? B, the cow, the goat, and the horse? C, the turtle, the donkey, and the bull? Or D, the muskrat, the mule, and the monkey? If you see these animals wandering out in the field, you know, you should return them. Which, which ones are they? 
Let us know. 0491 <laughs> Good choices there. Interesting ones too. Hey, so mm. because they are all animals, of course, it's just like 25% chance of getting one right. Yeah, so that's right. So take it away. Listen, just text us A, B, C or D. That's and, right. That's then, all we need to do. And then you, you'll, be able to, uh, you'll be able to hopefully get it correct. And we've already got correct answers coming through. They so are. Look, just quicker as, quick on the ball. Hey, where are we going to to say hello this morning? Wait, we're going back down to Tassie to the town of Railton. Oh, where's that? So Railton is just south of Devonport. Now Devonport oh, is yes. right there in the, in the right in the north, like centre of Tasmania, where the boat goes from Melbourne. Well, yeah, the whole ferry that takes that's the cars right. and they, it lands in Devonport. Yeah, that's right. And if you just go south, just jump on the freeway and head south, you'll end up in Railton. There's a small township there and whatnot. Hey, shout out to our listeners in Railton, listening on eighty-seven point eight this morning. And if you are from that area or you've been to that area, let us know what it's like zero four nine one zero six four six six nine that is our number to text and yeah tell us tell us all about railton i'm wondering if there's anything to do like it's called railton because it's got something to do with like a Rails. trains or something yeah. I, don't, I don't know no but, i don't know i don't know i reckon it might not but railton is very <laughs> much a small town it's got a population of 997 oh that's tiny ass so, hey? like but, you blink and you go through it like you drive through it's blink and you're but gone. it's like it's like a classic town i'm just having a look now you know they've got like a local shop and a fire station and a pub and a, this and that you know just like just like a classic australian small town which you would know all about Absolutely. Danuta, living out, lived west, out west yeah like yeah 100 so shout out to all our friends out in railton and let us know if you've been there or you've you've been through there or if you're from there. 0491-064-669. And you know what I love about Tassie? That every place that you actually go to has just got some of the really old buildings. Yeah. And like given I've lived in the UK for like two years, you know, when you go to Tassie, it just so reminds me of the UK. It's incredibly European. Yeah, like everyone, incredibly. everyone who goes there, everyone who visits there or lives there, they're like, yeah, it's so European. Oh. Like all the styles of the buildings and whatnot, very English, very like that kind of era, that kind of style. So very, very beautiful place, Tasmania. And then oh, obviously as well, it. like there's a group of students from, uh, from my university right now. They've just trekked the, uh, the overland track mm-hmm. and, you know, Cradle Mountain, all those things. And they're enjoying the picturesque scenery and like some of the best hiking in the world. So, Shout out Tassie for being a beautiful place, and uh, yeah, and and Tasmanians for for being really adamant that you know it's the best. And, yeah, you know, that's I right. mean, they can think that if they like, um, but you know, they 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 have some stake to to Tasmania just being amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. Richmond's one of my favourite places there, and oh, Russell awesome. Falls is another one. So hey, hey, look, we've got a fabulous rescue story. Oh, uh, yeah, know. from the U.S. from Fairthorn in Michigan. So and in a you know rural area around that area. But here's the thing. What's unfortunate about this story, but there was a great outcome. Little two-year-old girl, Thea, actually was playing barefoot outside and her uncle actually suggested she actually go inside, get her shoes on put and put her shoes on. But somehow, somehow, he didn't even see what happened. Her mum must have been inside basically doing something else altogether. And somehow, after a while, her mum actually just had this instinct going like, where is little Thea? So she went outside to actually check on her and she couldn't find her, right? And so Mm. Thea was actually not in the yard. So her mum and uncle actually started looking around in the woods which were not far from their place. Now, 
I would be really mm. careful. Like I would probably put a big, knowing me being more protective, I would, just, I, I would probably put a big fence around our yard somewhere somehow so that none of the little kids can actually get out into the woods if there's woods close by. But anyway, so they started looking for a very short while and then they actually called the police. And, of course, the police comment is, comments are when something like that happens, everything stops and all the police sort of go mm. in the area. They actually searched for four hours. Wow. Four hours and it was actually foggy, okay? Mm -hmm. So here's this little two-year-old girl out somewhere, you know, somewhere they thought probably in the woods for four hours they're searching. Wow. Now, the, here's the beautiful thing. So they use drones, they use canine teams, you know, the dogs, they actually use family and friends to help search and rescue, and they couldn't find her at all until until one of the family friends actually at midnight was actually in the woods and actually saw one of the dogs barking. So here's the thing. The dogs went missing as well as, well as little Thea. Now, both of them are two big dogs. One is, was a Rottweiler. The other one was an English Springer. And here's the thing. So they actually found one of the dogs was barking. Mm. So they were just like, okay, something's happening here. And they went over and they actually found the, this little two-year-old girl, Thea, sleeping in the woods. Wow. Not crying. She was sleeping and she, was, she had her head on this English Springer. Wow. So she used the dog as a, as pillow. a pillow. And, of course, the two dogs would have kept her warm, but she felt obviously safe and quite comfortable mm. because her two friends were with her. And the parents say, yeah, like, you know, she might be too, but she's already got both the dogs wrapped around her finger. Mm. And But what a beautiful picture here of this friendship and protection and safety that was actually happening with these dogs. But um, And the fact that she was sleeping, she was pretty content. And but the beautiful thing is they did find her, and she'd uh, you know when they actually added up the exact distance that she'd gone, she'd actually wandered away about three miles, which you know if I calculate it's what about six, almost mm. six kilometers away, which is a fair way to go really. But you know again, I think of the beautiful. We touched on it briefly yesterday. Um, in Psalm 90, 91 verse 4, but I want to actually read that out because, you know, God says here, you know, it's, it's, it's about our safety of abiding in the presence of God. You know, David writes this, again, one of our mm. favourite Psalms. And he says here in Psalm 91 verse 4, He shall, as in God, who will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Isn't that a beautiful promise mm. for us, you know, in every way that basically, you know, we, God is our protector in every way and we just need to keep coming to him and he protects us like a hen protects her chicks yeah. under her wings or even the eggs before they're about to hatch, which we used to have hens mm. at home. So but what a beautiful picture. And I just thought this was a beautiful story of the, yeah. exactly that kind of thing. Yeah, but furthermore, I think it's it's a story of protection. It's a story as well of seeking the lost. Yeah, you know the sheep that goes astray, and then yes. the, the, the Jesus leaves the ninety nine yes. for the one. And think about how vulnerable this little girl Absolutely is. Absolutely vulnerable. Uh, but an amazing work has been done that she is safe and sound. And you know, yeah, it's ter terrifying to be in the position terrifying. of a parent going through something like this. And to come out of the other side being so blessed, like, it's just amazing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lawson, it's come time now for our next quiz question, please. Hey, let's have our next quiz question. Here we go. In the book of Philemon, 
who was Epaphras, fellow prisoner. And that is such a, it's one of those names. I've, I've never preached on the book of Philemon before. Mm. And so I've never had to, uh, I've never had to like say that name to anyone. I've just like read it and gone like, oh, that guy. And so, you know, it's one of those names you need to pa- practice, you know, Epaphras. Um, who was Epaphras's fellow prisoner in the book of Philemon? If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491-064-669. Gonna remind you guys of the amazing prizes that we have this week, by the way, for answering the quiz correctly. We have the Bible Quiz Show, which is an awesome book, as well as the Bible Bible Challenge or the the sorry the Bible Challenge card game for adults and teens. Both of these we want to give to you absolutely for free, so that you can get together and you can open up these books and you can go through the questions and be super blessed by you know tri- you know giving trivia to each other and gaining a greater knowledge Wouldn't of be scripture so and the facts of scripture. Yeah. And then maybe you can first go just and you know uh, pronounce Epaphras's name correctly. These kinds <laughs> yeah. of things. Uh, but hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine again in the book of Philemon. Who is Epaphras's fellow prisoner? Guys, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and I'm going to talk this morning a little bit about, about politics. We do get Justin Lillman on to talk about he's politics. He's so good, isn't he, when he comes on? prophecy, and it's powerful. Like it's, mm. He shares some really interesting stuff, and we've been looking a fair bit at the American economy lately. But the other thing that we have looming in America is an upcoming presidential election. So we're just now pretty much a year out from the next presidential election, and it is already similarly to, I think, 2016 and then 2020 and then 2024. Like, all mm. of these elections were really landmark, had quite long and extensive campaigning periods long where campaigns. lots happened and there was lots of focus and attention and, and newsworthy stories. But one of the stories coming out at the moment is the huge drop in voter approval for Joe Biden, specifically from Two camps, Mm. specifically from the African American camp and from the, uh, the, the Latin camp as well, the the Latino camp too. And essentially what we're seeing here is a decline in Joe Biden's, you know, most essential voter base. If Mm. you remember back to 2020, it was on issues of supporting minorities in yes. which he, th- that was the thing that got him across it was the, the thing line. That got him across. Even with controversy though, that being said, Joe Biden, you know, one of the, you know, one of the statements that came out that, that fed through the news cycles in 2020, he was on a, a podcast of a famous um, African-American podcaster, um, Charlemagne. And, you know, they were asking questions and he had to leave. He, he had to take off and and they're like oh we, we want to get you back on the show because we have more questions to ask you and his response was like look you might have more questions for me but i'll answer them <laughs> he says he like goes i'll answer them right now he says if you don't vote for me you're not black oh wow and, and that's that's what he said like and this went through the news cycle and was quite big and he he, he apologized lately uh, later like the next day but his apology was along the lines of like 
oh, you know, I'm just a cavalier. I was a bit too chung at tongue in cheek and da da da. But but then again, he touted himself. He's like, but I'm doing the most for minorities. Like mm. I'm su- supporting minorities the most. I'm helping minorities the most. So you know, like he did I, a bit of a back- backpedal of what he said. But <laughs> then he's like, oh, I, I, he's like, look, I was a bit too gung ho and a bit too tongue in cheek, but. Almost, he played it as like, oh, but I almost have the right to say something like that because I'm helping uh, minorities the most. And this was like a big thing about his pan- campaign is he's like, my administration will advance racial equality. Like that is our whole deal. We're all about equality. We're all about helping minorities. Um, and yet from this voter base, as I said, over the last two years, so in the, in the African American community, there has been a 50 from 2021 to 2022, there was a 56% drop in approval and then from 2022 to 2023 a further 41% that's a huge drop isn't Um, it and so what is it be interesting to see what impact overall this is going to take over the next few months actually sorry i i i got those statistics a little bit wrong it was actually 80 percent after 2021 and 63% after 2022 so that was amongst african americans and then amongst latino voters it was 61 percent drop in 2021 and then 43% drop this year. And so there's been quite a big drop amongst that demographic. And that's ultimately because although Joe Biden has taken steps in some areas to support minorities, the widespread change and reform that he was promising, like to solve the war on drugs and to, to do all these things, like ultimately haven't come to fruition in these in these various places in which he promised to do it like like i'll I'll give him props like he cancelled um student loan debt in in a fair few areas which i'm like okay cool fair enough and then furthermore you know he elected a number of um, african-american judges Mm. it's like all right awesome like okay we're seeing steps in these specific areas but a lot of these minority voters who were like all for Joe Biden have actually made a shift now. I have made a shift because yeah. in the issues that are really mattering to the average American, which there's two specifically, it's safety firstly and secondly affordability of life. Mm. In both of those areas, mm. America is continuing to, to downwardly to spiral plummet, plummet and plummet. We, we have producer Shell in the yeah. studio this morning, <laughs> and our resident American, a resident who American has spent right. uh, spent time in the states over the last couple of years, and can personally and anecdotally attest to that fact. But pretty much everyone I know who's been to the yeah. states, who spent time to the states, or is from the states in the last two it's years, seeing the difference. Those two issues that affect Americans the most, minorities and non-minorities, are the, the, like the things that are really when the rubber meets the road of like safety and affordability <laughs> like th- that's that's where we're seeing just mm. a failure in the biden administration and so then it's like okay okay joe biden he's doing a bad job all right so what's the alternative well donald trump has been found uh, <laughs> he has been found liable for fraud and lying about his wealth yes. so based, big time too isn't big it? time so about he he basically his claim was that his wealth was 8.73 million in uh, 2015 when he was running for president and building up his real estate empire what like and he has been rich forever but like you actually see with donald trump he's been through ebbs and flows of business success yes. and at that time he was like i'm 
time worth eight point seven three million, and they found that it was a billion. billion. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And they found that it was actually worth four billion, and he had made these promises so that um, various banks and insurers would be able to, you know, loan him more money, and mm. so he is like also liable for fraud now, and uh, which is also not a good sign of character. And so what we see so it's here, like, who who do people go for with these two? Yeah, hey? it, like the options that you have is is just like they're very any politician who gets in a position where they then promise that I'll do this and specifically when it's to a particular people group like if a politician came out and said I'm going to be the most Christian politician and I'm going to support Christian rights like we should look at a statement like that with skepticism because Mm. then it's like okay so then what are you saying are are you pro church and state because Mm. there were (laughs) there were plenty of countries that supported Christian rights quote unquote in the dark ages and that led to widespread persecution of people and Mm -hmm. that is something that we absolutely don't want so we see that these various politicians and these various different uh different places and different levels here in australia in america whatever they promise whatever they they say that they will do hey i'm not saying that they're or or every politician is bad no no you're not saying that but just in this case particularly there's so much corruption in this place the case particularly especially at the high end of politics you know the leader of the free world in america and and also what we're seeing here in australia and whatnot it's it seems as though you know you can't please everyone and you ultimately have a career to fulfill and you know you make promises to get votes because it'll further your career and you don't really come through on those promises and ultimately at the end of the day it just leaves everyone unstuck and so there's not much that we as voters and as citizens can can really trust that's that's where we're at and and so well the advice is given to us the the command is given to us from the bible to pray for all politicians absolutely pray for kings and people in power that they would be able to make decisions but i think the decisions that we're really praying for now is particularly as we we're walking you know closer and closer until the end of time until jesus's return is lord just give us more opportunity to be able to share the gospel before you come back and in a legislative sense you know keep those doors open so that so that we can uh, we can share you you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different you're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. We have come time for our next quiz question, please. Yes, our next quiz question. Here we go. If someone opened the door for him, what did Jesus promise to come and do? Oh, I love this question so much. If someone opened the door for him, what did Jesus promise to come and do? If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week. We've got the... Bible quiz show and as well as the Bible challenge card game. I can I can see it in my mind's eye. It's Saturday night. Mm. You know, you've got a church program going on. It's a, it's a dinner. It's a, it's a youth dinner. It's <laughs> or you you're got, around it's, the campfire. Oh, you're around, around the campfire. campfire and you've got the torches onto your quiz playing quiz board, playing, playing some board games, whatever yep. it may be, and you pull out the Bible quiz show, the Bible challenge card game and like and you, and you open it up to one of the pages. Like, oh, I've got the book in front of me here and you're like 
okay, who is this person? He washed his hands, and then some really smart Marvel person's like, that's Pontius Pilate, or whatever it may be. This is, uh, this is a fa- fantastic prizes for, uh, you know, just some of the best times that I've ever had with my church family, spending time with them and, and opening up these quizzes with them. But hey, again, that question was in the book of Philemon, wh- who was Epaphras' Fellow prisoner. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. We would be coming up to an interview right now, but we're trying to get Jeremy Dixon on the phone this morning. He's, of course, is over in New Zealand and we've just, we just had a few technical difficulties with that. But, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be getting him on very soon. But hey, let's know. So Jeremy Dixon is a famous, he's the author of the Revive Cookbooks and he's actually had two cafes out over in, in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's also written, well, he's got eight, eight cook, whoa, eight. Eight. eight particular cookbooks, but then also then the thirty-minute cook ones. Yeah. I've got some of those. Have you been to his cafes in New Zealand? I haven't, but I, well, probably <sighs> because I haven't. I was in New Zealand like years back before he had those cafes. But mm. the thing is that yeah, when we go back to New Zealand sometime, we actually want to go, of course, to the, those those um, cafes. Although I, I think he's to. closed one of them. He's still got the other one open. I can't yep. remember. We can always ask him that. But so so popular, yeah. and he's been on TV shows a lot with his cooking. In, yeah. in every way. Well, his um, whole focus is plant-based, healthy cooking. Plant-based, and yeah. it's it's fa- it's it's plant-based, healthy, yum cooking. Like this is this yum is the deal. Cooking. This is so the, whenever we the speak so with him, of course, our salivary glands get going. Yeah, and I think we actually may almost have him online. Hello, Jeremy, are you there? Uh, Hello, hold on. We can hear your have voice. We got somewhere. him running through the Bluetooth. Okay, so we're just getting him on the line. Sorry for some of our technical problems that we're having this morning, but it's actually going to Jeremy, walk are shortly. you there with us? Oh, oh, wait, it's running through the, the wrong Bluetooth. Hold on. Just give us one sec. Sorry, we've just had some real technical difficulties with the, the phones this morning. Uh, let's go. So if we connect it to that one there. And I think it should be working out. Jeremy, oh, are you there with we us? can hear you. Hello. Oh, amazing. Oh, oh that's so good. Praise God. Good. Praise that God. So- Jeremy, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> Mighty fine. Oi, we were stressed because we, <laughs> we, we went through like three different phones connecting to the board before we could get okay. you like running on the line. But you're with us this morning and you are going to be talking about all things multitasking and helpful t- tips when in the kitchen. That's right. Yeah, so, so um, get into so, it. Hey, yes, yeah, so I thought I'd probably share with you um, kind of what goes through my brain when I'm cooking and how I do things quickly. And I think that's probably one thing what people appreciate about my, about my books and my cooking show is that I kind of have a kind of a, a kind of a efficient way of cooking. So I kind of want to see if I can impart some of that knowledge to you today. And um, I don't know if you've seen my Cook Thirty cooking shows. Have you seen those before? Yes, um, yeah, yeah. I have seen some of we those. Were, we were just talking about them, and yeah. we we're just saying that one of some of your cookbooks are actually have got the photos of when you were actually cooking on those shows. That's right. Yes, yes, I did those with Trebian. I've done eighty shows, some of them with kids and some of them without. Wow, and 80? they were incredible wow. experience. Eighty, yep. Yeah. And and I so it's cook thirty. So basically, in thirty minutes, you cook a meal for your family. There's normally five dishes, 
Um, like there might be like a curry and a rice and a dessert and a salad and something extra or whatever. Yep. Um, so I've got 30 minutes, but in actual fact, it's only only 24 minutes by the time you take out ads on the intro and outro. So I've got to do this, this in 24 minutes. And I've got this clock in mm. front of me counting down and I've got to get this food finished. Oh, and wow. my style, I very, I very rarely have stuff pre-prepared. Everything's straight from scratch. So I've got the raw ingredients. Mm. I don't pre-chop stuff. I'm not kind of one of these kind of put stuff in a little jar and tip it into the all this pre-prepared stuff. So I chop live as I go. And it's kind of quite a busy, very, very quick way of doing five meals. Mm. You and obviously I multitask with things. You'd have to go at high speed to do all of that chopping and the cooking and everything else in 24 minutes. Exactly, and it's, it's a real brain teaser because I've, I kind of, it kind of comes naturally, but so I'll be cooking there, and I'm cooking, and I'm going through, I think, I kind of, I've got a plan of where I'm going, so I kind of plan it out in advance. But I'll sometimes be cooking there and focusing and talking to the camera and keeping it interesting, and I'll look up, and the clock will say something like two minutes left. Mm. I'm like, I've got 10 minutes worth of cooking to go. How can I finish it in two minutes? So you notice on my program at the end, I'll look up and suddenly I'll just go into high speed mode. Mm. And suddenly I'll brrr, chop heads, I'll put Whoa. something in the oven, turn the heat up, put it together, and I'll just go into this massive high speed mode. And I see it counting down 10, 9, 8. And I've got to finish on zero. I can't finish later or earlier, but it's exactly on zero. And it is just such the coolest thing to actually get this stuff finished in time for that clock counting down to zero. Mm. Oh, wow. So- and at the same time, actually, the food's got to actually turn out, it's got to look good. I've got to actually sound intelligent as if I kind of know what I'm doing. So, yeah, it's a real brain tease. And then, in <laughs> 30 microphones, they add kids into the equation as well. So I've got two or three kids cooking with me as well. Kids as so, well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, you're, you're, you're good at multitasking then and just doing everything. So, But, hey, you are really experienced as a chef, like really experienced, and you can do all of that. But for us that are less experienced – um, how do, how can we apply that then for multitasking and speeding things up then? Cool. So a few tips for you. So number one is probably starting with a nice clear kitchen. Your dishwasher's empty. You've got a clear bench. You're kind of nice, sharp, and ready to go. So kind of just having your general workspace set out in the back because it's full of dishes everywhere. You know, you're going to spend half your life just you know, it's going to slow you down. So get things ready to go. And once you've finished using something, just throw it straight in the dishwasher. None of us put it on the um, the counter where it's going to get in your way. You're going to move it five times. Touch it mm. once. So get your gear everything prepared. If you're using water, put the jug on, get it boiling. If you're using a pan, get it on the stove, get it heating. If you're using the oven, turn it on and get it underway with heat. There's nothing like getting halfway through your and go, oh, I need to warm up the oven or... I need to boil up the water. So, you know, if you're using stuff, think well in advance so you can get those things going. Um, so that's probably the first thing is get ready. Um, so basically, choose your recipes carefully. You know, if you want to do something in a hurry or get a quick meal going, if you want to, if you have to roast um, some pumpkin, you know, it's going to take 30 minutes. So, you know, choose your recipes carefully. Um, so when, when you're cooking, that you've got things you know you can do and things that are easy. Um, so that, that's part of it as well. Um, having your freezer stocked is really good as well. So, for example, things like, you know, frozen corn, green peas, and dami beans, um, chickpeas, things you can just pull out and throw into a dish without any preparation is really, really handy as well. Mm. So kind of having those things stocked with things. Um, one thing I often do when I'm cooking something, is cooking like a you know, hot pot, a soup, a casserole, a goulash, or anything like that, um, but the base start is always the same. It's always just onions, garlic, and a bit of oil. Mm. So if you, sometimes I've got, I don't know I'm going to cook. I'll just say, oh, well, I'll just get the pan on, get some onions and garlic and oil cooking, and I'll work out the rest later. Mm. Um, so you kind of get that going away and kind of caramelizing while you kind of go out and work out 
what the rest of the dish is. So that's kind of another mm. cool little tip as well. Mm. Um, flavour enhancers in your um, in your pantry, and I'm not talking about MSG or anything like that, um, but things like, you know, Thai curry paste, having a green, red and a yellow curry paste ready to go, a nice healthy stock powder, um, again, not full of MSG. And um, another flavour enhancer I really like lately is you get some nice little Mexican chipotle sauces you can just kind of just put into a dish and you need, so all these ingredients, you this dish to taste boring, and you want these little flavour enhancers, you just throw it in, stir it around, and boom, you've got something that tastes really, really good without too much work. Wow, that sounds fabulous. Mm. <laughs> and, and I love that, you know, the other day too you were saying like, so in the pantry, because you're talking about some of those things that you have in the pantry. Yes. And your flavour enhancers and stuff. And of course, lemon goes into a lot of things too. And I just remember how you yep. said to get rid of the bottle that says lemon juice because it's really fake and actually use normal, natural, fresh lemons. So the latest for exactly. me is fresh lemon, fresh, fresh lime, lemons. fresh garlic. Yep. Yeah, everything Makes fresh, fresh, difference. fresh, isn't it? Mm. Exactly. So again, in your pantry, have a little wee shelf. In your fridge, have a little wee shelf. It's got all your kind of flavour things. And build it up to your little curry paste, your chipotle sauces, your lemon juice, in your fridge. So when you're doing a dish, you don't have to you just go in there, okay, I can have a bit of this, a bit of this, and boom, you've got some, some flavour. So kind of mm. get your fridge prepared or your pantry prepared for a little kind of a flavour-enhancing shelf, mm. um, which is really cool. Mm. Now, there's two little ingredients I've been using lately which are really, really cool and they're really quick. So one of the things is rice, particularly ground rice, can take 20 to 30 minutes to cook. So you can get these little pre-prepared pouches that are kind of pre-cooked. And obviously it's not the cheapest way or the most environmentally friendly, but if you need some rice in the hurry, you're doing a stir-fry and you're like, oh, I need a cooked meal, I don't have time to wait 30 minutes to cook brown rice, put these pre-cooked rices in, they kind of car cook, put them in your stir-fry, and within like a minute of heating, they're ready to go. And you can get some really nice brown rices and quinoas and black rice and things. I love what you're saying there, Jeremy, because I have them in my pantry and we actually had some the other day. My husband and I actually had those. It was like a nice quick, yes. quick and easy meal, was able to put a salad together again on the side with that and just, just get some other topping. But we actually managed to get our brown rice. Yeah, you kind of lift that top off just slightly. You put it in the microwave, don't you, and bang, it's ready as well. Or you yeah, put it in the stir fry, like you say. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And another one I've used that is that you can combine potato flakes and oh. the ingredients is just 100% potato. And you do, and there's a recipe on it. You basically just use some potato flakes, mix some boiling water, perhaps a bit of milk or, or oil and salt in it, stir it round. It's kind of like your KFC mashed potato. It's kind of like your um, your really really fluffy mashed potato. Yep. But again, it's very very good ingredients. It's just 100 percent potato flakes. Most supermarkets have it, and you can mix it up with, a, and it's your basic instant mashed potato, which goes great with a curry or something as well if you need something else. Again, you don't have to wait, you know, 20 minutes to cook your potatoes and mash them and everything. And this ends up with a, it's a different result, but it's a really quick result that can um, be good as well. Sounds so yummy. I used, I'm a fan of the um, mashed potato at KFC. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. So, uh, and I think most people really are, good. aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. So, so these are some really quick and easy staple things that we can actually have. Are there any others that you actually have as well, Jeremy? Yeah, so often you want to add a little bit of creaminess to a dish. So the kind of thing that I have, like a little can of coconut cream in your pantry is really good. Just add to a curry or a stir-fry. Uh, using cashew butter um, or peanut butter for a satay, just having those available. Either You can either just put them in straight and stir them up or just mix them with a bit of water or blend them up with water to add them in some, just a bit of quick creaminess is really, really good. Mm. Um, so that, that's really good as well. And I suppose the other thing is when you're cooking is, you know, just work on your knife skills. You know, a nice sharp knife, a nice big chopping board, 
and just kind of work out, you know, watching YouTube videos and how to cook things properly. You know, you want to push the knife through, not push it down, um, keep it sharp, and just, you know, be economical with your cutting. If you're going to cut a you know, long thing of celery, don't do, you know, 100 cuts to get through the celery. Cut it in half, cut it in half again, so you've got a quarter of the number of cuts. So you can actually, you know, you can um, you know, get more efficient with your chopping and, and the way you do things as well. Love that. That's really helpful tips with that and, you know, just getting and getting quick with your chopping, like you're saying, as well in every way so that you can multitask and do things really quickly. Exactly. So, yes, that's a lot of fun. And also having for one pot meals are really good, like a, a casserole or a stir or a curry. You know, I use a lot of those. You just get one nice pot or pan on the stove. You just fire ingredients into them. You end up like, you know, five pots you're kind of rotating. And again, you save with your cleanup as well. So one pot, one to recipes. I've got a lot of hot pot recipes in all my um, my cookbooks. The one pot recipes are really, really good to have as well because they're just so easy, quick cleanup, and just, just they're just just much easier. Yeah, I love that, and they're particularly good. Also, like the, the one pot and the hot pots are particularly good in the winter time, aren't they? And easy to make. I tend to make mine in the rice cooker actually, so that I'm not even having to go to the stove sometimes. Um, but yes, you've, yes. Got, you've got some fabulous recipes that you've got such a broad range of recipes, haven't you? Like even the salads and other things. But the one hot one pot recipes, you've got quite a few going through there, and a lot of really good flavoursome rice recipes as well, haven't you? So, um, yeah. Any just quick closing words for our um, our folk at all, Jeremy. We've got about thirty seconds left. That you, anything that specifically you want to leave them with? Yeah, I suppose just to keep trying new things. I mean, once you kind of just go out there and pick one of my cookbooks or someone else's cookbook and just try a new recipe, and once you get it nailed, it's much quicker. And I think the first time you do something, it always takes two, three, four times as long. So don't get put off. Just try a recipe, and then you know most people have you never five or ten staple recipes. Add some more to your kind of your, your repertoire. And, and every time you do it, it'll get quicker. So um, that's probably a key there. Try something new. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.